Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Frank Martineau. He's another uh, quick twitch guy, a guy who can get off the ball really quick. Uh, it's kind of harder to get hands on him, which is really well. So uh, that's someone who I like going against. Uh, getting the chance to go against him, uh, you know, twice a year back in Seattle, you know, to see him here and being that guy, you know, it's someone we definitely need it. Because uh, it doesn't matter who going to get some, he's going to great. He's going to give you some good work, and that's the part that I need. Like I said, a twitch guy, me being a longer, lengthy guy, I got to be able to move just as fast as him. So that's someone who I definitely love going against, and he's going to do some huge things for us. I'm excited for him. I always get excited to listen to Shaq Griffin. That's who that was right there. I like that guy's energy, man. I think uh, he has a chance to really, again, it's all about three, four, five picks, and whoa, big-time year for Shaq Griffin potential. I talked to Tyson Campbell over the weekend. You'll hear that conversation. I think we'll save it for tomorrow. Uh, man, oh, man, another impressive guy. Just looks like he's taking a big mental jump. Jack's going to have a really nice cornerback duo and trio if you add in Darius Williams, and we know that. I mean, that's something we've talked about. Super Bowl champ played alongside Ramsey, signs a big deal, Creekside High School kid, and comes back home. They're secondary. I should say they're secondary because I think there's still a lot of questions about their safety position, but their cornerbacks, really, like you don't have to leap too far to say that, that could be a really good unit. Yeah. And, and you hope it is. I mean, you hope it is. And Tyson Campbell has a chance. Man, I said this last week. ETN, Tyson Campbell, they can get you excited. Like, they can get me excited <laughs> going into this season. And if if they do that, like, if they actually perform to the level where they get the fan base excited, which means they're making plays, this has a chance to speed up a lot faster when you, you have you second-year guys. The team. Yes. Okay. When you have second-year guys on both sides of the ball, like, listen, Trevor has to do it. He's got to put it together. Josh Allen has to do it. Eventually, Trayvon Walker has to do it. Christian Kirk, you just signed, he has to do it. Like, there are players that have to do it. And you'd like a lot of them to do it, but that's just not realist. Travis Etienne has the ability to do it. If he does that, and a guy like Tyson Campbell has shown some ability to do it, if those guys can, can really be stars at their positions... Uh, again, I'll repeat myself. This has a chance to really speed up in terms of the build of the Jags and where this team can go, not just this year, but but down the road. If those guys are bona fide stars in the league for, for years to come. He definitely throws some gas on that fire for sure. That's I, important. You need I, that. You need to get lucky like that. I don't disagree that the offense, it's really important to get it rolling. But looking at that defense, if they can get that secondary really shored up and give the guys up front this uh, new form pass rush they're trying to put out there, you know, time to get get home to the quarterback and, and, and allow guys like Trayvon Walker a little bit of a learning curve because the coverage is so good. I mean, it really, to your point, it really accelerates that whole thing. I think that secondary is key there to that defense, more so than any other phase over there. Brent Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz here on a Monday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, I don't talk. I'm not the guy that brings up wrestling very often. Right. You guys are wrestling fans. Casey, how big a, remind me how big of a wrestling fan are you? Uh, somewhat. Slight. Okay. What are we talking about? I thought you were well, a bigger I, wrestling fan than Slight, too. I, I saw a headline that Ric Flair uh, wrestled his last match. Like, I think you could have put that headline out 30 years ago. Okay. Well, I don't think he's wrestled besides this match in, like, a decade or something. Has it been that long? I think it feels like he's just around the sport so much that you assume he might have jumped in the ring as a special appearance yeah. along the way. But 
I mean, is there some significance in the sport you're wrestling, guys? There's how much significance at 73 years old to Ric Flair wrestling his final match? It wasn't Kobe Bryant's final game. It sure. wasn't Derek Cheaters. And before, before I get called out by anyone in the chat, I wouldn't call myself a big wrestling fan. But I certainly was, like, watching in the 80s and 90s where Flair was in his prime and a little bit of the Attitude Era. So, I mean, I was around it at the time where Flair was around more, but... You know, here's a guy who's had his problems pretty well documented, personally and professionally. And to come back and close it out like this, I think it's a nice ending to the story for him. <laughs> What's he still in a ring, man? <laughs> 73 years old. Barely able to walk. This man. I mean, 73. He's not good shot. You know what? I think you look at uh, these guys, especially some of these older wrestlers, and uh, maybe they're not as financially viable as they once were. Looking for a little bit of help on his way out the door. Maybe throw some money at the kids before it's all said and done. But, man. I mean, I was just talking to you about it in the break, Brent. I know my parents are uh, in their early 70s also. Like, I couldn't imagine someone my dad's age getting in the ring. That's nuts. The way I think about my 70s uh, when I'm there and what I'm doing is, like, I just, first of all, hope I make it so I right? can at least enjoy a little bit of retirement. You're alive, yeah. My goal is actually to make 73 years old. Why 73? Because one of my life goals is uh, at this stage, we've, we've, we're off to a good start. Uh, we just actually celebrated 23-year anniversary, wow. Steph and I, this weekend. So That's impressive, I, man. Yeah, Way so I can get to 50 and still be alive. So you want that 50th I anniversary, 50, right? right? Uh, because then I don't have to pay. I think I told you this already. I don't have to, there's no, like, uh, I don't have to worry about... You know, giving half my money away or anything like that, right? Any of those kind of divorce kind who's, of things. What day was it? What's that? What day? Yesterday. That's Amanda and Brian Middleton's birthday. Really? I thought yes. I saw that it was Amanda's birthday. So yes. a special shout-out to Amanda, more so than Brian Middleton, but happy birthday to him, too. It's Olivia Tassley's birthday as well on Sunday, which, by the way. That's crazy. Do you ever know anybody that celebrates a birthday for, like, a month? I actually I do, yeah. I do yes. Oh, yeah, well, Olivia Tassley fits that. No offense she to Olivia. She seriously, like, celebrated their birthday for a month. She seems like a really nice person, but I really kind of can't stand people who do that. <laughs> yeah, it's I can't. honestly the like, worst. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's enough to celebrate you for a day. You're really going to make me do it 29 more? Come on. We yeah. get it. You were born at some point. We <laughs> all were. The only person I like I've, you a little better now. I like that. The only person I've ever known that does that was a girlfriend of one of my friends back in the day. They no longer are together. Uh, <laughs> but she, she kind of fits the uh, – it is good for him. She kind of fits the description of what Aaron called some listeners the other day. I believe it was Lot Lizard. <laughs> That's not what I called a listener. I said maybe some of those people hang out at truck stops on I-95. <laughs> not necessarily listening to our show, but hanging out waiting on truckers to come through for some commerce. That's all. Commerce. <laughs> Everyone's got to make a living. Uh, uh, anyway, I'd like to live until 73 because that means that not maybe get retired, yes, 50-year uh, anniversary. But I'm not wrestling is what I'm getting around <laughs> to, okay? Like, I want to play golf and sit on a porch. I mean, will you even want to play golf at 73 years old? Maybe not. But I don't want to wrestle. Yeah. Like, that's a long time to live that lifestyle, oh man. Gosh, that is a yeah. hard lifestyle. I mean, yes, it's hard for guys in their 30s. But, like, I, I can see why guys like uh, the, the rock bands and, and old musicians go back because there's so much money out there to be made. It's also, if you could do it right, it's not as hard a lifestyle as maybe you made it when you were in your 20s and true, 30s true. touring 200 yeah. nights. Now you're taking the luxurious bus or the plane or something. Maybe you get you're the doing, rush. Yeah, you're doing, like, one or two shows a week. And so I know the older bands, when we try and ride them through the city, they insist on a night or two, if not more, off in between shows. When they were younger... When you talk about some of these younger bands, like these alternative bands that root through here, if you just find a one-day gap between, like, Atlanta and Tampa, you got Jacksonville calling them up, going, oh, just shove them in here at the arena. We're all good. 
but you can't do it to like the Rolling Stones. They need like four days for like hip recovery in between concerts. <laughs> yes, that's true. So I mean, the flair here. I mean, look, even forget '73. Ten years ago, 15 years ago, the guy's still wrestling on a regular basis. He's in his, like, 60s or 50s as a guy who's, like, probably had 17 knee replacements. Yeah, I just don't get it. It's craziness. Uh, we had Rick Flair on the show last year, too. On, uh, our he must have been so Alexis. much fun. He was great. He was great. It was really cool to be around him. Uh, and I'm not, like, this huge wrestling guy. One more thing about wrestling. Mm-hmm. Did you see, like, the the whatever? I don't even know what it was. Did they, have big, they must have had a big wrestling event this weekend because I saw the tractor, like, tip over the, the ring. No, I did not. Now, that, that was no. that was actually WWE. That was SummerSlam. Oh, that was so SummerSlam. Was I don't know week? what the Ric Flair is like. I honestly have no clue what you're talking about. I just saw the I headline ass- on ESPN that he had wrestled like it was a double, uh, double tag team. Yeah, I, I assume you're right. I didn't watch the whole SummerSlam, but yeah. Did uh, you see that? The ring? Yeah, yeah. Cowboy Brock. You know, I will say this about re- like. Tony Khan and AEW, I think they've really pushed the limits on things. Oh, yeah. And WWE does, too, I'm sure. I, I don't watch it every week. But for the, the fake wrestling guy, which obviously everybody kind of knows, that's <laughs> not a thing anymore. To, you don't have to defend it. Yeah. It is what it is. I still don't like it being called fake, They though. don't. But some of these stunts that they, I mean, it's like. it's not fake. It's, <laughs> well, the it's, wrestling part is. It's like yeah. real life. It's stunts, yeah. That's stunts. The, no, yeah. it's for real, sure. That's the part that's real. That's what I'm arguing. Because that was wild. Yeah, it was crazy. I will say the video that was pretty wild. Yeah. And again, I'm not a guy cool. that's wrestling, but I just talked about it for seven or eight. Also, minutes. Pat McAfee two and zero in his WWE career. Yeah, and by the way, took a win over Happy Corbin. I'm a big fan of McAfee. What? Like I like him. I think it's really cool what he's done. You don't. If you're gonna, but the rest, Brent, like the, Brent, the, that that moment. If you're gonna disrespect a man for getting into a ring. In a career that he didn't do and is flying around from the top rope and putting up pretty cool moves, just don't do it. Just miss him with all of that. Listen, it's a you couldn't do it. It's a tough thing to do to jump into the ring and do the stuff he's doing. Just miss him with it if you're going to disrespect him. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty cool move that was in, like, slow motion. Like, the whole thing was in slow motion. Like, are we choreographing too much? Are we forcing it is my question. With McAfee. No, he's fine. So you have no problem with that? No. See, like, I, I, I feel like... I Jake felt Paul, like, same deal. Or okay, Logan Paul, sorry. Okay. Okay. Logan looked good. I Logan saw a couple of backflips off the ring, man. He Logan looked, looked really good. Yeah, but yeah. like Logan Paul and guys like that, a lot of times on this show, we've, we've kind of poked fun at. Sure. For doing some of those things. But that guy is an athlete. I mean, he's built like they're a great both, god, they're, too. They're both doing things that they just started doing within the last couple of years. I get it. it, it so at, practice at a little more. Casey, what do you think Brent's finishing move would be? <laughs> I think it would be something that he'd have to, like, go to the corner and, like, real quietly be hiding behind his back like uh, like the old guys used to do with snakes or powder. So take out one of these mics and just, boom, right on the top of the head against the other guy, smack someone across the head with it or something. I will say that the McAfee it. move was cool. The whole setup of it kind of felt like it took forever. Okay, talk- well, that's, but that's not, yeah, the setup is wrestling, the part that you call fake. That's fine. But the move itself is what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the move was good. The stuff that those two guys are doing, backflipping off a top rope, is not something that an NFL, like Logan Cook's not doing that. Yeah, I re- was a punter three years ago. It. I just wondering in the wrestling world, does it have to be done at a speed and, and like a, an expertise to appreciate, like for the real wrestling fans, or is he such a big name that it doesn't matter because he's, like, you're defending him because he's doing all these things that aren't really his real job? I think what you get at those crowds are an audience that's already there with you and buying in. Like, even bad wrestlers who don't do the moves well, who aren't choreographed well, 
I think, get a certain amount of grace from the fans who just want to be in the moment. Yeah. That being said, you hear a lot from wrestlers that these guys who don't perform correctly in the ring risk injury not only to themselves but to their wrestling To the other wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. And that just kind of shows, like, for Baron Corbin, the guy that McAfee was going against, like, how talented he is. Like, you know, because you don't get in a ring if you're not prepared for something like that with that type of guy. So Baron Corbin, like, is so advanced in what he does that he's ready for something like that. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But to, let me just make one analogy here, Casey. Like, half the world ripped Tim Tebow for trying out as a tight end because it didn't look like it belonged, but we're celebrating and we're cool with, okay, like Pat McAfee trying to be a wrestler. Because the NFL's real. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, just I'm not arguing that the WWE's fake. I'm just saying, like, nobody's going to pull up on Tebow. They're going to take his head off. I think Tebow came in with hate already installed. It doesn't matter what position like, he was going to play. Someone was going to hate on him. But, you know, Very it true. doesn't look as right. You know, that's my point. Like, it yeah. doesn't look as seamless. And we, I understand there's a real nature to the sport, but... I just don't, there's very two popular figures trying to do something else, and yep. they don't do it at the speed that everybody else and the expertise that everybody else does. Yet it does feel like one gets knocked and the other one certainly is, is perceived to be, But wow, that's awesome. I don't disagree with you, but also when you get these matches that go 30, 40 minutes, yeah. watch some of the finisher. Like, yeah, because they're dead tired. They're dead. Oh, my yeah. God, yeah. Like they should shorten the matches so they can make the finishers look more real at the end because that's, that's a very common thing with like, just at the end of a long match. So, yeah, I mean, but the thing is with the WWE, like, those people love McAfee because of the commentary he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Like, you. he's fit in so well that he almost can do no wrong. The Logan Paul thing is interesting because Logan Paul's better than McAfee in the ring. And I don't know if they love him as much yet, but he legit is kind of good. Well, has there ever been a more natural heel either? Than Logan Paul? Oh, yeah. Not really. Yeah, it's pretty easy. And uh, same thing with McAfee. Has there ever been a better babyface? Like... Or a guy who can cut a promo like just, on a moment's exactly. notice. It just makes too much sense. When yeah, they try to flip him heel, it's gonna be I don't it's gonna be wild. That's the crazy thing about the whole McAfee thing. Like I'm I'm trying not to really like rip him. I'm just keeping it real of what I see. Because he's actually it's been an he's an unbelievable store. Oh yeah. I mean from just what he it's amazing. Turning a podcast into nine figure deal, I think that's amazing in it of itself. Well, I mean he's he might be the most popular Sports commentator, talker. Yeah. He's probably reaching more people than anybody else. Yeah, and by the way, he was a freaking punter. Good one. Can we see if he can kick field goals? <laughs> oh, fun fact, he can. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> I don't know about touchbacks, but so yeah. You know. Anyway, that's. Uh, I wanted to get those wrestling topics off my mind. How's that feel? Now? Hope you, you feel, didn't mind. You feel cleansed. I feel better. Right. <laughs> I didn't see it morphing into a 15-minute segment, <laughs> but I do feel better. Do you want to keep Martin, going? I still want to know what yeah. your uh, wrestling outfit would look. We know your finishing move now. It's the mic over the head. Are you wearing the singlet or are you going the spandex uh, speedo thing? Probably the, <laughs> why can't I wear like the yoga pants? You could. I just would prefer you in the speedo. Oh, thank fine. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll I appreciate the compliment that you would like to see me in a speedo. Throw that big back tattoo <laughs> on you. We'll get you all ready. Uh, the, why haven't we done the story on Gatsis and the tattoo yet? I got. I, we keep bringing this up, but we got to do it. You got to remind me in my planning meetings when I'm we requesting do. people. We do. We, we the problem is every time we start talking about it, we lose you for 10 minutes as you're staring at the phone into this thing. It, it like, mesmerizes you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mesmerizing uh, moment. Anything new with your Jets as I continue to look at that disgusting uh, shirt? So there's a couple of storylines out there, but I think first and foremost, the conversation continues to circle around. Zach Wilson, is he good or not? Hide your moms! <laughs> 
And um, Makai Becton. Yeah, going to right tackle. Yeah. Now, that was the story from even before camp. There were rumblings about that, especially because George Fan's contract was up, so they were just about to sign him to another deal. Fan played so well last year. But the thing about Becton was the rumor was that he came in at like 400-plus pounds to yeah. the off-season activities. He is a and big dude. Rich Samini comes out there and says, hey, Makai's looking a little big. And then that was the chip on his shoulder he needed. He came back to camp when camp opened, a good 40, 50 pounds lighter. Mm. Must have had surgery or something. I don't know how he gets down that quickly. It was Bible 26 days. Maybe. It might have been, but that's real deal surgery, by the way. I don't know how much you know about that, Casey. I know, absolutely zero. Your buddy Aaron looked into it because sometimes it can be a little bit chubby. But it's a legit surgery. They go in there <laughs> and, like, shred your fat with a big needle and suck that thing out. Oh, wow. You, you really you can't move too much for, like, six to eight weeks, and then... If you don't do the PT that comes with it, you don't do the physical therapy, you get fat pockets where they suck the fat out. It just kind of globs up in there. So you really do have to, like, maintenance your body to the surgery. Can I suggest body sculpting at iCryo? That's yeah. probably a better option. You melt that fat right off. That sounds safer. I need some of that right in the chest area. I'm, I'm thinking I'm working on a C-cup right now. <laughs> Holy smokes. What's got to you? I Dude, mean, true, just true, summer true, true story, first of all. The summer... <laughs> Unless it's the, the most intense I've seen Aaron yet. It's like two and a half years long this summer, if that's what it is. True story, by the way. Saturday afternoon, I'm trying to get on my back roller, my foam roller, because I got this bad back because clearly I'm 87 years old. And uh, I take my shirt off, which should be an appetizing thought to you, but <laughs> my daughter, who's four, bless her heart, super truthful, most honest person in the house, oh looks God. at me. She goes, gross, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you can sleep in the backyard, little girl. <laughs> like, Go use this foam roller. Oh, it was humiliating. Four o'clock. I'm four years old. Four years, my <laughs> wife's looking at her like, you're telling me, man. Jeez. <laughs> Holy smokes. Keeping it real. And the shack <laughs> their house is cold. Down. Man. Uh, well, there you go. Send me to high cryo. But I tell you what, if the Jets look anything like you with your shirt off, they're in trouble. <laughs> they are. For real, for real. <laughs> Uh, we will take a break. I have no idea how we got there. But we started with Ric Flair and got to Aaron with a shirt off. Brenton Speedo, me with my shirt off. It's a, it's a hot show can, here today. Can we talk about Josh Hader when we come back? Because that's what the people in the chat want. It's also what I want. Really? Yeah, because I am uh, fascinated with that move. It is world class. Like, I don't want to say can we stupid. we get Austin on real quick? We can dial him up. See what he thinks about it. Yeah. Brewer fan. I don't know oh, about that. Not about that, though. Wisconsin. I'll yeah. see if my number's still blocked. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The Padres have been the presumptive favorite because they have Robert Hassel and C.J. Abrams. They have James Wood and Jackson Merrill, Mackenzie Gore, these really good, talented, young, under-control players who they are willing to move. That is Jeff Passan from ESPN. Brent Morton, Casey Kurtz, Aaron Schachter, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Trade deadline tomorrow. Remember the trade deadline used to be on July 31st, like all the time? Yep. And they moved it to like a Tuesday of that week, I think. I'm pretty sure that's fairly recent. Mm-hmm. That they did that. It is. Major League Baseball trade deadline long has been the one that's the most fascinating. And this year, no different, especially if you get Juan Soto. Is Juan Soto going to move? It looks like it. I mean, mean, they're taking their time with it. 
They have to because they can't re-sign him. They went back with one more offer last week, I think, when it was all said and done, and he still told him no. I think he just wants out. I mean, as Passon just said, the Padres somehow pull off a trade for the best reliever in baseball and don't give up Abrams or Hassel, which is mind-blowing to me. Um, so you have plenty of prospects to give up for uh, Juan Soto. That's a ridiculous team with Juan Soto and everybody else they've got. Yeah, and they just signed Joe Musgrove today. They extended him. Like, I don't – the Padres thing is so odd to me because, like, like it's, it's, it's working, but it's not – like, they're still not the Dodgers. Like, even with Juan Soto, they're still not the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are just sitting there watching. By the way – they're like, already so good. The, the Dodgers are every bit as good as the Yankees, and nobody's talking about the Dodgers. I don't know about nobody, but certainly not here. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees have got all the headlines this year, and, and rightfully so. They've played so well. And Judge has been awesome. I think yeah. that's the key, right? I you mean, Judge is run hitter, yeah. every time. Uh, the I don't get this. I don't get the hater. The hater move. Josh Hader, by the way, is who we're talking about. Fantastic reliever for years and years. Almost like an unhittable guy for the Brewers. Who Are they still in first place, the Brewers? They are in first place, and they traded their best player today. That's crazy. Like, really, they might be their best player. No, 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 no. He might. He, there's no might. Josh Hader's their best player. Josh Hader is the best reliever in baseball. He didn't give up a run for like months this season. He got he had a really bad stretch, and his ERA is kind of overblown now. But like the first two months of the season, he didn't give up a run. Like he's incredible. He's disgusting. Like all the adjectives or whatever those are that you could use, <laughs> that's him. And he's so so good. And the Brewers traded him and didn't end up with Abrams or Hassel, which I love prospects, so I know who those people are. But they're highly rated prospects. Just trust me. I don't fully understand. Like, the Brewers get back Rodgers, who was the Padres' closer. Great, fantastic. But, yeah, you're in first place, and you sell your closer is mind-blowing to me. Can you imagine, like, I, I don't have a good feel for the Milwaukee market and how much they love the Brewers. I'm sure they do. I oh, mean, the yes. Bucks, they came alive for the Bucks, though. I'm just saying, like, do they really feel like the Brewers are so good to win a World Series? I mean, they've had a lot of lean years in Milwaukee, although they've been way more competitive over the last handful of years. But can you imagine... Like, what the reaction is in that town? Like, seriously, you trade that guy that might help you win a World Series? Well, I'm not going to pretend like the Brewers are a bigger deal than the Packers out in uh, Wisconsin <laughs> yeah. or Milwaukee, but uh, Brewers are a pretty big deal out there. Like, people take it pretty seriously. So I, I can't imagine this is going I, over well. Yeah, well, anybody I, takes anybody seriously if you're in first place, too. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, yeah if I'm like, if we were doing a show in Milwaukee, I can't imagine anybody's happy. Like, the only thing that I that can... must be awesome today. <laughs> for for well, the, the guys host, talking. The hosts are happy. Yeah, I'm talking about the fans. <laughs> um, like, you have Devin Williams. Like, he's a guy that you could go put in the closer role. He's absolutely disgusting as well. You are getting Rodgers back, so you could close him. But the, I, I, it's not enough for me. You didn't get any of the top prospects from San Diego, and you lost your best player. Like, it's it's very, very confusing unless there's another move coming down the pipeline that makes it all make sense. But I don't know what that would be because you already had the best closer in the league. The yeah. only other thing is that Hater is a free agent after 2023. Oh, of well, after 23? Yeah, not he even got this season. you got a whole other year. And yeah. the Brewers are not really like a – they're like win now. I was going to say, though, are they a cheap – they're not like the Rays and Pirates cheap, and A's. But, are, but are they not cheap? constantly no, 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 building no. for the next generation? No. They're not that cheap, but, like, they're going to have to pay all these people. Woodruff and Burns are about to have to get paid. Yelich is already paid. So, like, their window's not super – like, it's right now. Like, I don't – it doesn't make any sense. Unless they just realize they're not good enough, which they're they're not, by the <laughs> this way. This is how we – I'm reading an article on Hater and trying to make sense of it and trying to see, like, is there some metric that says, well, his fastball is even faster than it was, like, back in <laughs> April. And they said, the one shift is that Hater has lost some vertical break. 
<laughs> like compared to earlier in the season. So like, his 12 to 6 is like a 12 to 5 now? baseball, and I'm like, I don't even know what the hell that means. Like, how am I supposed to compute that? Like, oh, Josh Hader, he's not as good as he was in April because he has not as much vertical break. Well, he has been <laughs> off a little bit in the month of July, a lot of bit in the, for Hader standards in the month of yeah, July. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's been a like, bad month. It's a blip. It's, it's a blip. Yeah, I... Shout out to the Padres. That's all this, I got to say. I'll tell you what, though. This feels like a... This almost feels like the New England Patriots kind of move. Yeah, just Where dump you, it a guy before. It's time you, to dump him, and then it works out for them. And it's perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you go get high value, but some... It, does this... Are the Padres in play for Juan Soto mm -hmm. with all those yes. Yes. prospects? Yes. They didn't give up anybody. They didn't give guy. up any of them. Yeah. Yes. That's fascinating. Yeah. The Nationals, if if they can get Abrams and Hassel and a couple of these others, like the, it's a win-win. I don't know of anything I've seen like this. Seriously, I, uh, maybe they would debate whether he's the best player. He's had a tough month of July, but he's been so good for so long. Mm -hmm. Can you remember a baseball team especially, but even any team just unloading a guy? Again, it does remind me of the Patriots and, like, Stephon Gilmore. They just didn't want to pay him. Yep. You know? Yeah. But, true. again, to your point, like, they've still got another year to worry about paying Hater yes. again. Yes. I don't know, man. I, I don't get it. Maybe there's something. Maybe there's dirt. Maybe there's something just, coming up. I'm looking at all the return they got back and the fact that, that, that it's prospect heavy, obviously. And I'm like, well, maybe Milwaukee needed a, a little bit of a refresher in their farm system. Yeah, their system is not good. Their, their, their farm system's bad. But if you win the World Series this year, who cares? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like if you're in contention to go place. all the way. Like, who's, who's, who's looking at you going, but your farm system? Well, but, but it, it, is in, it is super important to have a healthy farm system to win and sustain winning. For but long term, sure, but you know better than anybody else. So maybe win the title. And also, farm systems in baseball, you hear about a guy and then suddenly throw Me and Casey, I think we were just talking about this recently. Like, you hear about a guy picked high in the draft or he's we a were. big prospect, and then two or three years later he disappeared, and you're like, whatever happened to that guy? It yeah. just never develops sometimes in baseball. The Yankees just picked up a couple guys. Frankie Montes. Oh, really? And reliever Lou Trevino from they, the A's. They've been chasing arms. What did they give up? Um... I can, this just happened. By I know. The way. This is breaking. Also, news I got another. News. I got another one. Trey Mancini is heading to the Astros. Uh, yeah, they were talking about that inside for a while. the park home run. <laughs> his speedster move. Yeah, after he domed Josh Lowe, who got sent down. By the way. Yeah, so topped out at two miles an hour running the bases. Uh, let's see. So I, where's uh, New York? This is awesome. It feels like tomorrow. <laughs> uh, they're not doing a good job of giving me exactly what happened in that trade. They just said that they, they might got not know guys. It yet. So I don't exactly see. Uh, they've made a couple of moves today. The Yankees. Yeah. Well, the Yankees. They got uh, Benintendi. Then they got F. Ross from the Cubs. They did. It was another arm. I mean, they're chasing arms right now. Well, they wanted to yeah, bolster that pitching that that I think topped out in the first half of the year. Yeah. Yeah. The re the return's not in yet for Montas. It's, it's just not in. in. Okay. That's pretty wild too, right? Where like in almost every trade, you go like. You can figure it out right away. They're trading this guy for that guy, but in baseball, they could be trading him for like 14 prospects. The vending machine and like the rights yeah. to the parking lot in 10 years. Like, <laughs> it's such weird. What a weird league, too. Like, no salary cap or anything. All the money's guaranteed. Like, you don't see another sport like this. Does. Okay, so Juan Soto, we think, is going to get traded, but we have no idea really who's going to get traded, too. Padres are a suitor. There are probably several. Yankees could be a suitor. I think there. Yankees are out. I think we're down to like three teams. Wow, they gave up Ken Waldachuk. This guy is like two strikeouts an inning for the I Yankees. love Casey. Casey loves it. He knows all these like minor league guys. It's impressive, actually. Wow. And Luis Medina. He was supposed to. Wow. Do you have both their autographs? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't, actually. Okay. Haven't um, bothered them yet, have you? That's a, uh, yeah, I haven't. That's a good return, though, for um, Oakland. 
Oh, they, yeah, they beefed so up a little for bit. The, for the lack of a better term, for people just listening on the radio, it's four minor league players. One of them has two averages two strikeouts an inning right now in the minors. But it is not the Yankees' number one prospect or anything like that. Yeah, Yankees' farm system is pretty strong uh, and has been. That's kind of in part why they've been able to beef up uh, this entire roster. The Okay, one other guy real quick, Shohei Otani. Does he, is he staying or is he going by tomorrow afternoon? Uh, it looks like he's staying, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a report that the White Sox really, really tried. and they. So the Mets. It. Mets came sniffing around. Steve Cohen likes to spend. And they're like, uh, it doesn't seem like the Angels are serious about moving the guy. Yeah. How do the angles, angel, angles, angels fix themselves? By trading these type of people when they have the opportunity to do so? Yeah, they're a long way off. Like they, but could they, they keep, could they keep Trout and him and build around, just restart around them? I mean, not unless you're going to go back in time and draft better players. And that's the point. When you're like developing, Trout's 30, bro. Yeah, when you're developing a baseball team through the minors, you're talking, what, four or five seasons before you start seeing some real yeah. payoff in the majors. These guys will be out of their prime at this point. I mean, they drafted Marsh, and they drafted Ward, and the other dude, I can't think of his name. And they're good. They're just not great. I don't know what the deal is with the Angels. They don't have a single dude who's ever identified anybody that can ever pitch. I don't know what they're doing, but every prospect pitcher they have is not good. Now, over the years, the Angels have had their fair share oh, I'm of, saying of late. pitching, but of you're late. right. Like, yeah. Reed Detmers, the guy through the no-hitter, he's okay at best, but, like, they sent him down after he hit the no-hitter because Well, they bad. even bring in guys like Noah Syndergaard, who's a good pitcher, but... Yeah, like, they just... Their pitching talent advisor guy just not shouldn't good. have a job. <laughs> the, uh... It'll be, you know, I, I still think it's an amazing story. I'm not sure if you can, I haven't read up on it, but the Angels going from where they were, like eight games ahead of everybody, to now like 30 games behind everybody, has got to be one of the just biggest collapses ever in terms of the amount of games. Like, I'm sure people in the course of a season six weeks in have gone from first to worst, but, I mean, the amount of games that they have dropped that's is just a, nuts. That's another thing about baseball. Like, barring an injury in the NBA, you don't see it in the NBA or the NFL, for that matter, where a team that's amazing to start the season just dis- – maybe you could say it about the Colts last year. But, uh, I mean, there are these teams who, like – they're fairly consistent in the NFL, fairly consistent in the NBA, give or take, but – in baseball, you constantly have these stories of a team eight, nine, ten games up, and then suddenly five games back. I think it's just a product of how many games they're playing. Well, yeah, it's a long season, right? Yeah. And injuries can dictate, especially starting rotation can really dictate. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can be built for a few weeks in Major League Baseball and go on a run. But are you, look at the Red Sox are a great example. Red Sox went like they were awful. They went 25-4 and four and looked like they were going to be a factor. And now they stink. Yeah. I mean, they've had three different seasons, essentially, in the course of one, and we've still got, like, 50 games to go. <laughs> still got to have or 60 to go. games yeah. to go. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll tell you who most recently did that, it seems like, I feel like, it, are the Cardinals in the football, in NFL. Yeah. I mean, they were, what, 8-0? Or maybe even got they, to 9-0, but they were definitely 8 They, were, they were the darlings, yeah, last year, and then it all kind of fell apart for them. But just, just by the way, just to hammer this point home, what a return from Oakland. Well done. A-plus, whoever worked that trade out. All pitching. Oakland has no pitching. They have position players that are good. No pitching, and they get three pitchers that are supposed to be legit. Great job by Oakland. Well, well I know nobody cares, but I'm just telling you, great job. Well, by I, I, here's the thing: nobody. It's not. I mean, well, first of all, nobody does care. But secondly, uh, I don't even know if we could like challenge that because I have no idea who these guys are. Like, yeah. Again, you you know the minor league baseball system like for some reason. Like I they just, they chase <laughs> yeah they chase pitching, which was smart from them because they don't have any of it. 
So yeah, it just takes up space in his head that he could easily use for things that could like be valuable. To o- him. Oakland makes a lot. Listen, this Oakland makes a lot of. Yet. Oakland's a lot like the Rays over the years. It makes Very a lot of so. wise decisions. Same business model. And, and it's like the Pirates. They they're not going to spend money, but they can't figure out how to make those wise decisions. In fact, the Rays have. Um, you know, pulled a fast one. It seems like on the Pirates once or twice over the last there few was years. A few right, years Austin back. Meadows trade and and the, who was that? Who did they give up uh, at the time? What's his name? Uh, the pitcher, it Archer. Was Archer for yeah. Shane Boss, uh, Austin Meadows, and Tyler Glassman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how the how the Pirates trade that? Like they didn't see that any of that coming. Maybe not all of that coming, but any of that coming. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> brutal. Oh man, it's uh, it, it's pretty wild. I do think the A's are about as irrelevant as you can get in any franchise in in sports, even though they've had and found success. Like, the Pirates have such a traditional, like, um, following, and I don't feel like that to me that they're irrelevant, even though they kind of are. But the A is just stuck on the West Coast in a crappy stadium yeah. and hardly ever trying to, like, really, really win. Been, like, a second-class citizen in one of the most populated areas in the country, that Bay Area. Yeah. And, you know, they've got their uh, gazes affixed elsewhere. Than the Oakland A's. Then you talk about the the Pirates, you know, from Pittsburgh, where these guys wear that team on their sleeve along with the Steelers, like, and college teams. You know what's crazy is there are a lot more teams that function like the A's in Major League Baseball than probably we sit here and add up. Like, the Pirates are one. The Reds kind of follow in that same group. The Twins you do You just it. said the Brewers kind of do it. The Twins do feel like do it. The Rays do it. The Royals do it. Royals do it. Uh, the, I don't know, like, do the Diamondbacks kind of work that way? Or are they willing to go spend and stuff? I don't know. They've spent in the past, but not recently. But that's like, I just named, I mean, almost like a quarter of the league, if not close to a third of the league, mm-hmm. operate very much unlike teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and the Cubs and the and even the Angels have and now the Padres are seemingly doing and then there's like this middle ground there's like oh by the way you could throw the Marlins in but the the Orioles could spend if they wanted to they just have tried to figure this thing out and they can't uh the Braves will spend so it's I don't know it's like this three-tiered system in in Major League Baseball and they play a different game when they're assembling teams that's my point yeah. in the NFL you you play the same game in the NBA you kind of play the same game and that's well, that's what happens when you don't have a salary cap. So you play weird. three different leagues, essentially, in uh, in Major League Baseball. Trade deadline coming up tomorrow. We'll see you again. The big ones, Juan Soto is the big piece uh, to have someone of his stature, talent, like skill set on the move. It uh, looks like it's happening. When will it happen? It uh, looks like Otani will stay put. Don't sleep on this Trey Mancini thing. What, a, what about it? He's going to Houston. Well, don't, well, you think that's like a like a pivotal move, like a quiet big yes. move? Yes, he's very good, and Houston is also very good. Houston is excellent. Well, so he's like, a big hitter in a hitter's ballpark now. He, yeah, he will fit in just like he's the. They finally have a dude that is a power hitter for like Altuve does it, but like it's weird. Same with Bregman. Like this is a guy that's going to bat fourth in maybe the best lineup in the league, in the American League. Yeah, be interesting. Is that well, I think Houston's extremely dangerous. Dangerous. Uh, to the Yankees. They That's are. really what this this whole season is about. Can can you catch can the Yankees, Yankees win it? <laughs> can you can you catch up? It's liter- it, at this point it's literally Padres, Dodgers, Mets, Yankees, Astros. 
It's yeah. going to be one of those five. I would agree. I heard Mets and Yankees are out. I think we're just at Astros, Padres, Dodgers at this point. And by the way, the Brewers just said, hey, we don't want to be a part of that conversation Casey <laughs> just brought up because we just got rid of our best player. Yep. Yeah, but maybe. So bizarre. It's, it's very weird, but maybe they're like literally looking at like we're not the Dodgers. Yeah. Like maybe. we can't even get lucky in seven games. That's pretty much what they said. Yeah. We we're can't find a way to good. win four of those. So games. let's make sure we're good for the next five years by starting to accumulate some talent, I guess. I don't yeah. know. It's weird. It, it is. That's a weird move. It's a, kind of a bizarre thing. You just give up your best player when you're in first place. Like, that is just odd. Never doesn't happen. It. Never just doesn't it. happen. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I wouldn't completely rule it out. I mean, I think that they'll have a discussion about maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, since there don't seem to be a lot of other suitors right now. You know, maybe he comes cheap. Maybe they can rework the deal. But right now, I think the plan is Jacoby Brissett. And I think they feel like six games, they can ride it out. You know, the schedule is pretty favorable the first month of the season. They feel like they could maybe be a four and two, give or take, by the time Deshaun Watson comes back, which would keep them squarely in the mix. I wouldn't completely rule it out, but I think right now the plan is Jacoby Brissett. Is anybody in there? I'm in here. Hi. Okay, just checking. Nobody looked like they were ready. I'm ready. I just heard uh, Aaron go, whoops. That was on me. I didn't mean to freak everyone out. Sorry. What are we whoopsing about? Just had a little computer thing happening here, and then it dawned on me as we were about to turn on the mics. Realized it's a bad thing to say. He's always tinkering. <laughs> I do tinker a lot. I like it. Okay. I like it. I want to distract you. Just don't pull the plug on us, but I like the tinkering. <laughs> Uh, Brent Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz here on a Monday, Canton, Ohio week. It's also uh, high school football week as this gets going. We have high school media day today. You know, it's amazing. First of all, it's just how big high school football has gotten around the country, mm. not just here in Jackson. But it's, a, I mean, everybody, we, everybody does shows. I mean, we do multiple shows. We have media days. Uh, obviously, the recruiting scene is off the charts crazy. Um High school football is a big deal. How's that work with recruiting? I never understood that. Because aren't you supposed to play at whatever high school you're zoned for unless it's like one of these prep schools? Oh, you mean like recruiting in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that is a thing, too. All right, I didn't realize you were talking about some I was college talking about like recruiting. college recruiting, okay. but no, that high makes school, more sense. It, it's free agent Florida. You can go. Because I know some of that kind of happens. So. Oh, no, more than some. Like, we were having a big discussion. It's, it's probably unhealthy how many high school kids now jump from school to school mm. and uh, somebody was actually telling me it's in like the bylaws of of like fhsaa that you're not allowed to transfer from one school to another for athletic reasons so but it happens anyway it happens anyway because i guess you can do it under the academic reason sure even though if you're going from like if you're playing at four different high schools in four years what academic reasons are you bringing to the table <laughs> i don't like my chemistry teacher <laughs> again i mean so it, there's a lot of slippery slope stuff going on in high school the, the big one of the big things is it has to be, like, a seat open to be able to transfer in. Mm. And, like, St. John's County, as you know, like, there are not a lot of seats. Like, everything, you're in portables. Yeah. So it's hard to make a case to go to, like, St. John's County School unless you're in one of, like, their, their programs, like their academic programs. But if you're talking like a kid who's ultimately going to be a three, four, five-star recruit, maybe you find a way to make the space. Yeah, and I just don't, what I don't understand about that part of it in high school is I feel like people are going to find you. It's almost impossible to fall to through the it. cracks in recruiting this day and age. Mm. If you're 
good, people find you. Now, that doesn't, that's not to say it doesn't happen. And it's really harder at the lower levels. We started a, pro, a new segment this past year on our Blitz Scoreboard show called Committed to the Uncommitted because through COVID, log jamming up the college system and all the transfer portal stuff, the high school kid is getting left out a little bit. And so what a lot of kids think is like, hey, if I go to the school where everybody else is going to recruit, get recruited, I'll get recruited too. I, don't, I understand that way of thinking. I just don't know if I fully believe, believe it. it. Because, again, there's video, there's camps, there's seven-on-seven. Seven, there's a lot of different ways to get noticed. You have to find the avenue that's right to you, and that's tricky. It's not always the easiest thing. Uh, but I don't just think going to play with a high school that's really good is a guarantee. Is the only way to go do it. Certainly helps, though, to have more often have people come into those games than you would at maybe one of the lesser-known high schools. I would think. I would think that there's an, there's a, I see the, the logic involved um, in it, but it's, it's a danger zone. It's a for the high schools. A big difference this year in high school football, by the way, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but uh, the classification changes. They have a metro division and a suburban division now, and the idea was more equity throughout the state. 88% of the state championships or something the last decade or however long was won by the same counties in the state of Florida. Actually, I heard you guys counties. I think you were talking to Bulls head coach uh, when I heard you guys yeah, talking Matt's about Oldham. this uh, a little bit earlier today, but it's very interesting. So it's a huge change out. in yeah. high school football. And high school football has really tried to tinker with the playoff system and the way to do it right and get more equity in the game. And there will be some folks that don't like it and get left out and, and they'll have a beef. And then there'll be others that really benefit from it. That's just the nature of the system. There's no blueprint uh, to do it. Uh, a couple of things really want to bring high school up. First of all, a huge shout-out to, to Baker Sports and Jaguars, uh, Josh Baker, Adriel Rocha, uh, the, everybody that helped put this on today, and they do a great job, and it's really a big benefit to the media. But I think it's a huge benefit to the kids. And the kids get a chance to sit in front of microphones, have discussions. And what what I found over the, this kid, this day and age, is really good at it. Media savvy. Oh, so good They've been doing Facebook Live since eight, eight years old. So good at it. And you're right. They know it. They see it. They know what it looks like. They kind of want to be a part of it so they're not afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we used to talk to high school kids. It would be the toughest interview you could do. Uh, they're shy. They're scared of the cam. These kids have been holding cams in front of their faces their whole lives. I'm just so impressed with, in this instance, the young men that you see in front of the microphone or or not even in front of the microphone, just talking. Yeah. Uh, and there were some really good ones. So if you get a chance to go back and look at our webcast today, uh, we had it on our my Twitter and ESPN 690 Twitter and Facebook, Action News Jacks, and all our social media channels. Uh, and we'll put even more up. Big shout out to Stuart Weber and Olivia Tassley. They did m- million interviews, it felt like. But I had some kids stopped by, like, Roderick Kearney was going to Florida State, an offensive lineman. I saw Will Hicken in there. <laughs> did have him stop by, too. He's good at it as well. And we had uh, Jordan Hall as a top 100 player. This kid was awesome, man. Yeah. His personality was so good. And so just a couple of examples, and there were more, of uh, I think you'll be really impressed with the kid, the student athlete today. And I think kids sometimes get a bad rap. Uh, but I think they deserve a shout-out for that. The personality, the maturity, the ability to handle those situations. Pretty cool. Well, Football at 5 coming up. And, again, don't forget, you can check out all the high school coverage on our social media channels from Baker Sports Media Day earlier today.
If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 